Welcome to an election edition of Perspectives. I'm Joan Herman. Coming up on today's show, I speak with officials representing two operating levies on the May 15th primary ballot. In the first part of the show, Warrington's mayor will discuss the city's five-year, nearly $900,000 operating levy to fund one full-time and one part-time police officer for the 13-member police force. In the second part of the show, I'll speak with two board members from the Clatsop Care Health District about a five-year, $3 million levy to fund a variety of projects at the district's three facilities. But first, the city of Warrenton's levy, which would cost property owners $0.28 per $1,000 of assessed value or $56 annually for the owner of a $200,000 home or $84 for the owner of a $300,000 home. In the studio to speak about the measure is Warrenton Mayor Henry Balancefer. This program was pre-recorded. Welcome to the studio, Henry. Thanks for having me on, Joan. Explain why the city of Warrenton or the city council chose to put the operating levy on the ballot. Well, one of the reasons why we put it on the ballot in May instead of November is because, A, we wanted to give the voters a chance to vote on this before all the other levies hit. November is usually the big levy timetable. Um, And also, if for some reason there's some recalibration we need to make in terms of the messaging or uh, in the budget, we'll know before budget passes uh, in June uh, what we need to do. Um, So that's why we did it in May. But the reason why it's going on the ballot at all is to maintain our current force structure. Um, We have a police chief, a sergeant, and 10 full-time police officers, as well as an evidentiary clerk. And uh, in order to maintain that force strength, we need to renew this operations levy every five years. Um, That's by state law. Um, So anytime you ask for tax revenues beyond, for operations, um, beyond your permanent tax rate, you have to ask um, and renew every five years. Are there any specific areas that these two police officers will focus their time on, or will they mainly just be part of the force? Uh, it's basic, it basically pays for in terms of, uh, well, how, I'll put it this way. Technically, it would fund the lowest, you know, the two earliest positions, but um, in reality, what it enables the police force to do um, is it enables us to hire, or I shouldn't say hire, but make a detective assignment. Yeah, you know, you can have road cops. And it. by the way, when I first got elected in 2012, took office in 2013, I remember when there was not 24-hour coverage in the city of Warrington. It took all we could do to get 24-hour coverage for police in the city of Warrington. So imagine uh, you cut two police officers, then you have to run overtime, which way more than we already have. Um, you... That, that's that's an issue of um, force structure, being able to put boots on the ground. You say, for example, you go out to a call for a uh, property crime. You know, someone stole something at a store or something like that. You just took an officer off the road for an hour. You have a mental health issue. That can take them up from six to eight hours, depending on what's going on. You can take a whole shift off almost, um, depending on the severity, how long it takes for someone to evaluate the person, um, the nature of the incident. Um, so there's varying time frames but you're taking officers off the road when there's already only no more than two sometimes you know the daytime and the shift change you can get a few more but uh, officers on the ground so what we're trying to do is say we want to be able to have a healthy force but also we need to have someone that's 
um, we have a sergeant now, and that's providing a lot of support um, so that the chief can focus on administrative and programmatic issues. Uh, but uh, getting a detective would be huge because then we can actually spend more time investigating those crimes, doing the reports, and doing the backleg work that's necessary to um, work more cases. Because so, if you're a road cop, you don't have that time because every time you start sure. working on the report, you get another call, right? So. so the detective position would be new? Yes, it would be new. But it wouldn't be a new, well, it wouldn't be a new position in the sense of we're not creating, we're assigning the detective position. So, Have you gotten a good feel for how residents are responding to the request for an operating levy? Everyone seems to say we need it. They see the growth in the city, and they say, you know, they would like to see more cops up, out and around. And uh, they also agree with uh, we need to have um, some more some more resources allocated to um, fund investigations of property crimes and such like that. So, What do you say to somebody who's fed up with paying property taxes or having to pay more about why this ballot measure or operating levy is important? That's a good question because there can be, uh, you know, uh, levy fatigue, so to speak. We've got some major costs going to come up. You know, you've, you've got a jail coming up, a school levy, a health district. Um, it, there's a lot going on. I would say the basic functions of your government should be good, ro- good roads, clean water, making sure your sewage leaves your house <laughs> in a sanitary manner, and enforcement of the laws. And so this basically gives you that basic function the city of Warrington's tax base, permanent tax rate, we can't change it. All the citizens of the state or of the city can vote to change their tax rate, and it would be invalid by state law. Our permanent tax rate's a dollar sixty-seven per thousand dollars assessed value. That's the property tax revenue the city of Warrington gets from its residents. To compare, Astoria, a smaller by square mileage town, but bigger in population, eight dollars and seventeen cents, and so. Our general fund can only take so much, can only absorb so much cost before we have to ask for more. Um, and that's why this police levy is important because it's, you know, if, if someone asked me that question, I'd say, this is the most important levy that you have to vote on this year, in my opinion, for your city. I'm not saying district-wide, but if you're a resident in the city of Warrington, this is the most important levy you can vote on this year. You were mentioning before we started recording that Warrenton is the seventh largest, geographically speaking, community in the state of Oregon. Yes. How does that affect the police department? Well, it basically means that it takes longer to get places, right? So uh, if you're trying to get from, if you're trying to get to Hammond or respond to a call in Fort Stevens and you're on Highway 101, that's going to take eight minutes, maybe more. And as you know, if there's a domestic disturbance or some sort of, you know, violent issue, minutes, minutes count. Um, and so it it's a challenge, but our police department has done a great job of responding to them um, in a timely manner. And we have, uh, there has luckily been, it, it's kind of interesting to see how you, you see the police reports, the curve. Calls for service, which is dispatches, have actually gone down in last year from years previous. But arrests have gone up. DUI enforcement's gone up. Um, there, there's certain things that change. When Why you have, do you think that is? Well, that arrests have gone up. We've had, um, you know, we've had some officers that, uh, you know, retired. Uh, we've had some officers that left for other departments. 
Um, and, uh, and so we've never had a, this is the first time I can remember being in an office in the seven years I've been off seven yeah, years I've been in office where we've had a, we've had everybody hired, so to speak. And not everybody's on the road yet. We have two f- just coming out of the academy. But uh, when you have more, you have more officers to go on the road to do more patrols, you're going to find more things, right? Sure. You're going to find more DUIs. You're going to find more infractions. Um, and you'll also have less calls for aid from other departments because you're, you're better staffed. Okay. So other departments aren't taking those calls. We're taking those calls. Unfortunately, we are out of time. But thank you for coming into the studio to speak about the operating levy, Henry. Thank you for having me. If you're just joining me, you have been listening to a pre-recorded interview with Warrington Mayor Henry Balancefer, who was discussing the city's five-year, nearly $900,000 operating levy to fund one full-time and one part-time police officer for the city's 13-member police force. I'm Joan Herman on Perspectives on Coast Community Radio. Up next, I speak with two board members from the Clatsop Care Health District about the district's five-year $3 million operating levy on the May 15th ballot. Explain why the board decided to seek the operating levy. Heather, I'll let you start. We have, um, we receive funding uh, from payments uh, from the state or from private pay for our residents, but the payments that we receive don't cover some of the extra things that we would like, and they don't cover deferred maintenance. And so we're seeking an operating levy to help make life better for our residents. Um, We're looking at, besides, as you had talked about, the deferred maintenance at um, Clatsop Care Center, we're also looking at doing some siding replacement and weatherization improvement at Clatsop Retirement Village. We're um, improving our technology system to enhance resident safety at the uh, care center and also provide um, electronic record-keeping updates district-wide, which are becoming very, very important to have. Um, We also want to increase internet facility, uh, internet access in all our facilities for both residents and their families when they're visiting. Um, Our um, uh, internet system is a bit antiquated. Um, On the life skills sort of side of it, we're um, looking at funding a Montessori-type program at Memory Care, which has been found to be very beneficial for um, individuals with Alzheimer's and other dementias. Uh, We want to purchase an additional bus um, um, for our facilities uh, so that there's more um, uh, transportation for residents to go on trips or to medical appointments or so on. Um, And we want to uh, enhance the the opportunities we have available for nurses' aid training um, to make that program more more robust so that hopefully we can increase our number of nurses' aides available. Roy, who are the people the health district serves specifically? Well, we serve a wide variety of individuals. We have, we have three physical locations and in-home service. Our in-home service is uh, a growing area where we take 
care out to the individuals, basically assistance with uh, grooming, food, shopping. It's, uh, it's not home health. It's uh, non-nursing type care, but it uses our, our own trained individuals. And that's, that's been very successful. And that allows people to stay in their home who might otherwise have to go into, uh, well, assisted living, perhaps? In, in many cases. The, the trend in the, is to try to keep people in a, you might say, the least intensive situation possible, close to a home care, if not the home. And so that's, that's certainly part of the effort, and we've, uh, we've found that to be very successful. Then we have... Um, the memory care facility, which has 30 uh, individuals, 30 beds, that's been somebody. Mitch Mitchum, the former board member, said if we build it, they'll come. And basically, we built it, and uh, it filled up. It's 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 a growing need, and 30 beds uh, is probably not enough, but it certainly. Are there other memory care facilities in the county? There are, down in the seaside area, there are some memory care. Uh, we think ours is different. Um, we're, trying to, we're trying to enhance that difference with, their, you know, the, with things like this Montessori approach to memory care. So, but that's expensive. The estimate is that would probably cost about $60,000 a year. And is that for the teacher and the materials? That's for coordinators, the uh, materials, the training. Uh, it's, it requires a lot of training. And, and how does that benefit the adults who live there? It's, it's a, if you're familiar with Montessori, uh, the Montessori method, it's, it's basically a work activity learning phase, and it, it t- ties into entrenched memories in folks with dementia. Every Everybody who with, with dementia has most people with dementia have some intact memories that can can be tapped. It may be music, it may be movement, it may be old you know learned skills. Um, I'm told I, I'm, when talking with folks there, they use the example of of uh, people who were skilled tradespeople in the past, and they still have those motor skills. And so they assist with things like patching walls and repairing stuff, turning uh, when, when a room becomes vacant, may, helping the room come, become useful again. I would think that would help their quality of life. It, immensely. And uh, so it, it's, not, it's, it's a program that's designed around tapping into those old, those old skills and, and making life more meaningful for, for people. So that's, um, that's one thing we'd really like to implement. It's been very successful in uh, other locations. Uh, it's, not being, it, it's not something that is widespread throughout the U.S., so we're sort of on the vanguard there if, you know, if we can get it going. And the cost is mainly with um, personnel and training. So we serve that population. We serve uh, people with skilled nursing, folks in transition who, you know, they have pneumonia, they have a broken shoulder or something, and they need short-term rehabilitation. We, we serve that at, our, at the care center, this 1926 building. Right on 16th Street right in Astoria. Right on 16th Street in Astoria, an Astoria landmark, the old Columbia Hospital. That's right. 
designed to the standards of, of the First World War, you might say, medical care. Pre-antibiotic, pre-X-ray, wow. pre-CAT scan, pre-infusion servants, just about pre-everything that we would take to be contemporary care. It's a stretch t- to provide services there right now, and it's very inefficient. So, Heather, what specific projects will the operating levy fund at the uh, care center on 16th Street? I think the main thing is deferred maintenance and to our, our systems, um, plumbing, heating, um, that that sort of, you know, thing sure. that makes the building go round. Exactly, <laughs> yes. Right. Yeah. The, a year or so ago, a couple of years ago, we did ask for an inventory. The board asked for an inventory, and it came up to be about a million dollars in deferred maintenance. Um, now, some of that's fairly minor. Uh, nothing's, the roof's not leaking, the place isn't falling down, but it, it's, a, it's brick veneer, the membrane needs attention. Uh, we own it, it's an Astoria landmark. We want to take care of it, we want to extend its useful life. Uh, and that's where a big chunk of that, uh, of the levy would go to. Why should somebody who perhaps doesn't have a family member at one of your facilities support the operating levy? What would you tell them? They may have a family member there at some point, and we want to keep um, the facility in operating. They may be there themselves at some point. Um, you know, the health district has been here quite a few decades. It's going to be here quite a few decades um, as as long as it has the, the um, funding to provide care and, and function. Um, and frankly, for the seniors that we provide care for, if we weren't here, they would be going into Portland. Um, For the skilled nursing or other care? Or the memory care or, um, um, you know, the transitional care. And that's a long drive for someone who doesn't maybe drive anymore and their loved one is in and needing some skilled care at this point or having memory issues. So, um, you know, it affects the whole community. Rory, what would you say if somebody asked you that? I I would pretty much echo what Heather said. I might not be quite as polite. Um, When you're 20 or 25 or 30 or 35, it it seems a long way off. Uh, But we all change. We all have uh, parents. We all have children. Our children are t- going to take care of us at some point. And um, this is the district is established to help in that help in that care, uh, whether it's in one of our physical facilities, and we have all levels again from assisted living through traditional nursing home, um, whether it's one of our physical facilities or in-home care. The odds that somebody will need that during their lifespan is pushing, you know, is over 75%. I mean, it's just likely to happen, if not not to the individual who's asked that question, to their brother, their sister, or their mother. Why was the healthcare district originally formed? Because somebody hearing this interview might question 
or ask themselves, well, why don't I just go use a private care facility for my mother or father or grandparent? Heather, would you like to answer that? Well, number one, there aren't any private facilities here. That provide skilled nursing that care. That provide skilled nursing. Um, and there aren't any memory care facilities that provide the same type uh, and um, programs of memory care that ours does. So somebody with that would be looking at leaving the area if they had those needs. Um, the health district was originally, um, the care center itself was was a um, nonprofit originally and then changed to a governmental entity um, uh, in part so that the citizens could help with the um, extras um, that we are asking for in the operating levy. Um, um, so you, well, you, it's good for the community to have it. Okay. Roy, you were not in right at the ground floor of the no. health district, <laughs> but um, I am curious. They're not that common, are they, health districts? There were many more when, when I uh, first uh, began my association with the board. Um, I started out on the in the budget committee in the early 90s and then became a board member in 95, I guess. Uh, since then, many, many of the publicly supported special districts such as ours have, have gone by the wayside. I think there's only one left in the state now up in the Blue Mountain area, and I believe that they have severely restricted their, their types of operations. The district was you know, founded because of citizen activism. It was a bunch of people who had the opportunity to acquire the old hospital when the when there was a big hospital change back in the 70s, and CMH moved down to its current location. And uh, they saw the saw the opportunity to provide services that uh, at a local level by local people uh, with local interests in mind. The uh, there was a competing uh, entity in the area at the time. They no longer exist. In fact, when they went out of business, the care center stepped up and and arranged for care for their residents and did transition. What company was that? It was called Crestview. I, I'm going to pass. I don't remember what they, you know, the operating company, but it was a an for-profit out of out of area company that ran it. They no longer, they're no longer here. I do remember that name. What happens if the bond, if the operating levy does not pass? We continue as we are now, but we won't be able to provide some of the programming or the maintenance that we'd like to have to make things better for the residents. Roy? Right. We... It... This is an extremely complex business, and by and large, the re, especially for us in a small area like ours with a relatively small census, that the reimbursements we get to provide this complex care just don't, they barely cover the cost of providing the, 
providing the care. So we can keep the doors open. We can we can keep minimal staffing. We can keep minimal services. But to take care of an aging infrastructure like the 16th Street facility, to take care of the buildings we own, to, uh, such as the uh, retirement village with our weatherization and reciting project, just there's no money money there. So if we to be good stewards of the people's property because we are a public agency. To be good s- stewards of everyone's property, we need a little extra money. Where does most of your funding come from? Reimbursement from either the state um, for the care Medicaid. Of- Medicaid, and then um, private insurance, or some people who don't have insurance are just paying out of pocket. What percent do tax dollars cover of your budget? We have that with the taxes that we receive. We we do have we do have a baseline tax rate. With the taxes that we receive, it's about eight to ten percent, more or less, of our of our budget. This. Um, this five-year request would be a, a small fraction of our budget. The board at some point had talked about selling the old Columbia Hospital building. Is that a possibility in the future? I think it is a possibility in the future, but we have to have a place to go. We have to have a building to go into, and it all has to be paid for, and there's a lot of pieces that have to come together for that to work. Roy, any closing thoughts? No, I think this is, uh, well, yes, I think this is a good investment in the community. This is a close to being a unique Oregon institution. Uh, it was founded with citizen activation, activism 40-some-odd years ago. Where citizens have kept it going. It's, uh, we provide care to the community. Uh, we provide care that's not provided anywhere else. And every now and then, We need a little extra to keep it going, and I'm hoping that people will support it. Unfortunately, we are out of time, but that's a good note to end on. Thank you for coming into the studio, Heather and Roy. Heather Reynolds chairs the Health District's Board of Directors, and Dr. Roy Little has served on the board since 1995. The five-year, $3 million operating levy would pay for deferred maintenance at the county's only skilled nursing facility, as well as projects at the district's two other facilities, an assisted living center in Astoria and a memory care facility in Warrenton. The levy would cost property owners $0.23 per $1,000 of assessed value, or $46 annually for the owner of a $200,000 home and $69 for a $300,000 home. The district covers much of the county, except for the communities of Gearhart, Seaside, in Cannon Beach. Earlier in the show, I interviewed Warrenton Mayor Henry Balancefer about the city's five-year, nearly $900,000 operating levy to fund one full-time and one part-time police officer for the 13-member police force. Coming up next Friday on Perspectives, join me when I interview Ron Brown, who is running unopposed to be Clatsop County's next district attorney after after nearly 25-year incumbent Josh Marquis has decided not to seek re-election. This is Perspectives, and I'm your host, Joan Herman. The show is brought to you in part by a grant from the Clatsop County Cultural Coalition. 
Perspectives was engineered today by Brian Bovenizer and Astronomus Ray. The show can be heard Fridays on the stations of Coast Community Radio. You also can find show podcasts on the station's website. If you would like to contact me, send me an email to perspectives at coastradio.org. Thanks for listening.